remember the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made for us by dying on Calvary in the week leading up to his death, the Bible tells us actually on the Sunday leading up to his death that he was nearing the village of Bethpage and he sent two of his disciples ahead telling them to look for a donkey and its unbroken colt. And the disciples were instructed to untie the animals and bring them to him. The Bible tells us in St. John chapter 12, verse 12, that on the next day, many people were come to the feast for Passover. When they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna, blessed is the king of Israel that comes in the name of the Lord. For it was prophesied in the book of Zechariah, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king comes to you. He is just, having salvation, lowly, riding upon a donkey, and upon the colt, colt and the fowl of a donkey. And I heard the songwriter put it this way, All hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall, bring forth the royal diadem, and crown him Lord of all. By the time we get to Thursday, Jesus sent Peter and John ahead to the upper room in Jerusalem to make preparations for the Passover feast. That evening after sunset, Jesus washed the feet of his disciples as they prepared to share in the Passover. And I'm so glad that Jesus, the Son of God, was humble enough to be at the feet of his disciples, to be at the dirty feet of his disciples. And I, if I can just make one of my first points, Jesus is not afraid of my dirt. I hear God now. He's not afraid of my mess. There's a lot of people that don't want to be around us because of our dirt, because of what we've done wrong. But Jesus is not afraid of that. Matthew 26 says, now they were at the Passover feast. They were eating. Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. He took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them and said, drink you all of it. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Jesus then told Judas to go quickly do what you must do. And if I can just make my next point, don't you let those Judases in your life get you upset. Don't you let those who betrayed you stop you. Because sometimes their betrayal is part of your destiny. I hear God right now. Ah, if they would not have betrayed you, you would not have been pushed to where you are right now. If they would not have betrayed you, you wouldn't be in the place you are right now. So Judas had to betray Jesus so things could be set in motion. Later on that Thursday, Jesus made his way. 
Jesus and the disciples rather left the upper room and went to a place called the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus told his disciples to sit there and to pray while he went to go pray alone. And Jesus prayed in agony to God so much that sweat became like great drops of blood falling to the ground. And he fell on his face and prayed saying, Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Later that evening in Gethsemane, Jesus was betrayed with a kiss by Judas Iscariot and arrested by the Roman soldiers. He was taken to the home of Cephas, the high priest, and the whole council gathered to begin to make their case against Jesus. Peter denied knowing Jesus three times before the rooster crowed. And isn't that the character of people that when things are doing good, everybody wants to be in your face? <laughs> When it seems like you're doing well, they want to be around you. But just the moment when you need them the most, they act like you never knew, they never knew you, my Lord, like you never did anything for them. Peter denied his master three times. By the time we get to Friday, the Bible says that Judas Iscariot, from the guilt of what he did, hung himself early that morning. It was now 7 a.m., and Jesus was standing before Pilate and the chief priest. And Pilate said, I find no fault in this man. But the crowds around Jesus began to yell even the louder, crucify him. Pilate washed his hands and said, I wash my hands of this matter. Jesus was beaten with a cat of nine tails, mocked stripped naked and given a crown of thorns. Around 8 a.m., they got a cross which weighed 300 pounds for Jesus to bring up Golgotha Hill. Simon of Serene carried it for Jesus in his stead. By 9 a.m., they made it to the top of Golgotha's hill and soldiers drove stake-like Nails through Jesus' wrist and ankles, fixing him to the cross. An inscription was placed over his head that read, The King of the Jews. While Jesus was there in agony on the cross, he yelled out, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Jesus was on the cross, but he practiced one of the most important things that we need to practice in order to move to the nets placed in our destiny, and that is forgiveness. I hear God now, we could not have been redeemed if Jesus died for our sins with hate in his heart. He had to ask God to forgive them so that our redemption could occur. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. 10 a.m., Jesus is on the cross and is mocked by the people around him. As he's hanging between two thieves, 
one of the thieves that was beside him say, if you be the Christ, why don't you come down from the cross and save yourself? I heard another songwriter said he would not come down from the cross just to save himself. But he decided to die just to save me. The other thief on the other side of Jesus answered and rebuked that thief and said, don't you fear God seeing you are in the same condemnation? And isn't it amazing that people who are in the same situation that you are in have enough nerve to judge you? I hear the Lord now. Some of us have got to be careful sticking our nose up as others. And we've got to realize I'm just as messed up as you. Lord, have mercy. I'm just as in, I'm in just as much trouble as the next person. All of us stand in need of help. I don't have time to look down at you or to mock you. He said, we're in the same condemnation and we're here justly for our due reward. But this man, Jesus, did nothing amiss. And the thief said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come to your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Verily I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. And I wonder if we can look at this term today and understand that the thief's paradise did not start when he died. But his paradise started when he made, when Jesus made the promise. And I've stopped by to tell you we need to increase our faith in God to the point that just him saying he's going to bring us out is enough to get us excited. Just him saying that he's going to deliver us is enough to, is enough to make us feel a lot better. I get excited just by the promise. While Jesus was there, he then saw his natural mother, Mary, who could not recognize him because his face was so disfigured from the brutal beatings that he had. But she said, he said rather to her, woman, behold thy son. Then he looked at his disciple whom he loved and said, disciple, behold thy mother. In other words, take care of mom for me. <laughs> take care of my family for me. I'm going to do what I need to do, but I've got to make sure those whom I love are taken care of. At this point, we're now at the sixth hour, which is noon. And the Bible tells us in Mark chapter 15, verse 33, when the sixth hour was come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, Lama Sabachthani, which is interpreted, my God, 
my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Now Jesus, the Son of God, felt the ultimate pain while he was on the cross. It wasn't the pain from the crowns of thorns. It wasn't the pain from the lashes that he received from the whip with not cat of nine tails. It wasn't the pain from the nails. But it was the pain of being separated from God in order to take on our sins. God himself had to turn his back on his son. But I'm so glad that from that day on, Jesus later made a promise. Lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the earth. Even when I mess up, God no longer has to turn. I feel God now his back on me. Even when I sin and make mistakes, I no longer have to be in the agony with Jesus, that Jesus was in. God now, through his son, made a promise. I will not forsake you. No matter what you're dealing with right now, I've stopped by to tell you on this call or if you're listening online to the podcast or YouTube, whoever you are, you are not forgotten and you are not forsaken. It is now 1 p.m. and Jesus knew that things were accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And he said, I thirst they took a vessel full of vinegar and they filled a sponge with vinegar and put it upon hyssop and put it to his mouth Jesus tasted it he said he therefore had received the vinegar and he said it is finished and he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Jesus now knew that everything, as the scriptures foretold, was accomplished. His words went back in history to Genesis when they were in the Garden of Eden and God spoke to Adam and Eve when they disobeyed him and said I will put enmity between you and the serpent his words traveled through time and when Noah and, this, and the world was full of sin and God took Noah and saved the world his words went all through time and found me where I am now because now we deal with a timeless God it is finished means that Jesus is existing in a place where things are already done. It's like watching a movie. We've seen those superhero movies. When you watch a movie with someone who's seen the movie already, they don't jump the same way you jump when the person looks like they're in danger. 
when it looks like the enemy in the movie is winning, they don't get upset because they already have seen the ending. And I've stopped by to tell you that Jesus already saw the ending. He's existing in a place where it is already done. <laughs> Whatever you need is already finished. We are now living in a totality in the completion of the work of Calvary. But then the Dr. Luke tells us that he heard Jesus cry with a loud voice and say, Father, into your hands, I commend my spirit. He said this and gave up the ghost. Now that it was finished, Jesus gave his spirit back to God. Now that it was finished and complete, he said, no, no man take my life except that I lie it down. It was complete. And Jesus gave up the ghost. Now at 3 p.m., the ninth hour, the Bible says in Matthew 27 that the veil of the temple was rent and torn from top to bottom. And there was a great earthquake and the rocks tore and the graves were open and the bodies of the saints which slept arose. There was a Roman soldier in Luke 23 and 47 that saw what was done and glorified God saying, certainly this was a righteous man. Even your enemies will have to acknowledge the God in you. Even your enemies will have to acknowledge the miracle that God does for you. John 19 says, that they did not break the legs of Jesus, but one of the soldiers took a spear and pierced his side. And forthwith there came out blood and water. And they saw it and bear the record and said that the scripture might be fulfilled. A bone of him should not be broken. Joseph of Arimetha and Nicodemus, the same one who came to him by night, then took the body of Jesus and brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes. But then I'm so glad that in most cases that would be the end of the account or the end of the story. But the Bible tells us Saturday went by. <laughs> but then we get to Matthew 28 and it says at the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn on the first day of the week, which is Sunday. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to the place where Jesus was. And behold, there was a great earthquake because the angel of the Lord descended from heaven, came back and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment was as white as snow. And for fear of this man, the keepers of the grave did shake and they became motionless like dead men. The angel answered and said to the woman, fear not you, for I know that you seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lies. 
And I wish somebody on this phone can declare right now, I'm not where they left me. I felt God right there. Ooh, the last time you might have saw me, I was in a bad place. Go, glory to God. The last time you saw me, I might have been low. I might have been depressed. I might have looked like I wasn't coming back. But if you come back to the same place, you're not going to find me there because God lifted me. Jesus was not there in the dead place, but he was now risen from the dead. Another songwriter said, up from the grave, he arose with a mighty triumph over foes. He arose a victor from the dark domain, and he lives forever with the saints to reign. He arose, he arose, hallelujah. Christ arose. So now Jesus went to see his disciples and told them to gather on the mountain in Galilee. And he came and spoke to them as Matthew 28 and 18 records and said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. In other words, now I have all power. The rule of Satan over the earth has ended and now all power is in my hands. Go therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And Jesus began to, from that mountain to ascend into heaven. And the people that were there were amazed and they looked in the sky, gazing in wonder. And an angel of the Lord appeared unto them saying, why stand you here gazing and staring in the sky? The same Jesus who you see ascending into heaven is coming back for you. I am so glad that I serve not a dead God, not a dead Savior, but a risen Savior who's in the world today. I know that he is living whatever men may say I see his hand of mercy I feel his hand of love we serve a risen savior and we are so excited that Jesus the same Jesus that rose from the dead is the one who has power in 2020 there is no greater power than his because he has all power COVID-19 is not greater than Christ my situation, my bills, my worries, my hang-up, my sickness is not greater than Christ. Let us pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, on this Good Friday, this day that we remember the sacrifice that your son made for us, God, we are truly and immensely grateful, God.
Thank you, God, for thinking enough of us by sending your only son just to die for us. Thank you for thinking enough of us for letting him go through all of that pain and agony just so I could live. He didn't go through it only so I could live in heaven, but God, I realized he went through it so I could be free here on earth now. God, I thank you for everyone under the sound of my voice, God. Those that are listening now on the line and those that might be listening to this recording on the computer or at home or wherever they are, touch your children right now. Lift the spirits of your children, God, in the name of Jesus. I speak to heavy, downtrodden, and weary spirits right now in the name of Jesus. You said in your word to lift up your heads, O ye gates. God, lift the head of your children, God. Whatever they're dealing with, if they're dealing with sleepless nights, let them sleep at night in the name of Jesus. If they're dealing with worry, whatever it is, lift their heads now in the name of Jesus. Don't let that downtrodden spirit consume them now. God, we continue to pray for this entire nation right now, God, in the name of Jesus and this world. As we deal with this pandemic, Lord, let this pandemic pass. God, we know that you have enough power to break the curve and to let this thing pass. Continue to touch those making decisions on our behalf, the president, his cabinet, the Congress, the Senate, our governors, the mayors, the council people, anyone making decisions on our behalf. Continue to touch them from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet, God. We even thank you, God, for those that have dealt with bereavement on this week, God. Give them peace that passes all understanding. God, I don't claim to be you and I don't claim to know everything. But one thing I know is that you are in control and you do not make mistakes. Don't let the grief consume them at this time right now in the very name of Jesus, God. We even thank you, God, for Sister Hannah and her father, God, whatever the need is right now. Bless her right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you, God, for the testimony that went forth that you are still a healer, God that you healed from an aneurysm, God, in the name of Jesus. We celebrate victory and healing and miracles from you. You are a God of miracles, signs, and wonders. God, continue to perform miracles in our lives, God. And we thank you for these things done. We'll be so careful to give you the glory. We'll so be so careful to give you the honor and we'll be so careful to give you the praise in Jesus' mighty name. 